It was 2021 when I called Chandler. It was a Friday afternoon and we had planned to record a recap, season two of a show called Hiding Something. <laughs> we had a curious amount of tech delays and I'm not convinced something bigger is at play. <laughs> My name is Jesse Carey. I'm a writer, journalist, and podcaster. And this is the Hiding Something postseason recap with me and Chandler. Chandler, welcome to Hiding Something, man. Hey, dude. Good to see you. Uh, yeah, listeners, that was that was uh, uh, non-scripted, but we did have a lot of, a curious amount of technical problems getting this up and running for the postseason. <laughs> yeah. I don't little, think it's anything. Hey, Chandler, I don't think it's anything nefarious <laughs> happening. Season but we'll three. see. Yeah, see, season three. <laughs> who hacked in to Chandler's Pro Tool settings? <laughs> well, hey, look, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, last season, after we completed season one of Hiding Something, Chandler and I kind of did a, a postseason recap. Um, I just want to set some context for this show, as you can tell from that sketchy beginning. Uh, uh, <laughs> that uh, this is not a normal show. This is sort of like if you walk, if you watch like uh, uh, The Walking Dead, it'll do The Talking Dead after or basically any big prestige show now where they have like a talk show after and people just talk about it we're not going to do that every week on hiding something but hey chandler we worked pretty we worked a lot on season two we might as well yeah. kind of take a little i don't even want to call it a victory lap but just a, a little time yeah. to reflect on the show uh, uh talk about uh some of our favorite moments i do have some updates about some stories that we discussed on season two yeah. but also kind of give a a little peek under the hood at what we got cooking for for season three but chandler uh uh, before we kind of get to all of that, man, um, you know, when we did season one, I know in terms of like the missing 401 David Polites, uh thing, that was you weren't super familiar with it. You had an awareness, no. but but season one was sort of an entry point. When I yeah. kind of told you the initial vision, because it did shift as the I started writing the story, but when I told you the initial vision for season two, uh, what were your thoughts about kind of tackling the the whole concept of mind control? Well, I mean, <clears throat> kind of the same. It was kind of the same situation where I'd heard about uh, some of these experiments and some of the mind control stuff from the government, but I never really looked into it that that deeply. So. Where I'm, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'll learn as we go. You know yeah. I mean? So, so obviously, we 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 covered a lot in in season two. Maybe and 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 here's the thing, man. I'm totally open to any like feedback or criticism people have because I know uh, compared to season one, we covered probably just a lot more ground. It, I, 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 you know, hiding something's always, I've tried to make rooted in storytelling and, and interesting stories, but you know, the scope of project Stargate of MK ultra, uh, yeah. just a lot of the initial kind of experiments that the, the government was involved in when it came to mind control, but then also some of the, the conspiracies that involve like harp and these weather control, uh, uh technologies, uh, and, and what's happening at Neuralink, it seemed like an interesting topic to cover. But as we were kind of coming into the season and, you know, I kind of framed it around a a pretty uh, in crazy conspiracy theory by Searchman Ask, uh, Project Bluebeam, um, yeah. you know, which I, I tried to lay out in some detail in the first episode, but to really kind of set the tone of what kind of questions we're trying to uncover here or what kind of uh, uh, answers we're, we're looking for, how skeptical were you after episode one that anything remotely close to what he predicted would be possible i was pretty skeptical man <laughs> i feel like I, yeah. I feel like i'm a skeptic but yeah i'm like all right i'll i'll, I'll see i'll listen i'll see where it goes but i'm just like yeah, I, don't, I don't know about that 
<laughs> so, all right. So after having completed the season and you spent a lot of time, not just uh, listening to it, but uh, listening to a lot of raw tape, reading a lot of scripts, watching yeah. a lot of, you know, YouTube videos and a lot of documentaries. And, yeah. you know, you and I are both kind of forced to do a ton of research, have a lot of conversations with interesting people while making the show. How do you gauge your skepticism now that something even kind of remotely close to what Project Bluebeam proposed would be possible? Still, still pretty skeptical. However, it is, it's a possibility. I guess anything is possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, that, that's the thing as I kind of, because I was very skeptical, yeah. like my skepticism was very high. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I started, especially when you start looking at what, uh, is going on with, uh, Neuralink and, right. you know, the ability to kind of, um, really, uh, manipulate electronic signals in the brain. Right. It was really interesting. I, you know, I wanted to, there was a couple things that kind of in hindsight, I've re-listened to the whole season since we've kind of wrapped a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but there are a couple characters that were in there that I, I feel like we probably could have given more airtime to, but obviously we had to cover a lot of ground. But, you know, uh, Jose Delgado, the guy who was able to stop a raging bull mm-hmm. with a, a, a brain implant, I felt like that was uh, uh, something that, you know, really kind of showed just how... Um, powerful certain applications of this technology. Yeah, I feel like there's not we don't know the limits at this point. Dude, it's it's pretty insane that that's possible. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. within 5 years where is it going to be? So, there's I don't know, there's there's no telling. Yeah. Okay, first I want to give an update about a story we talked about back in episode 1. We talked about uh, something that was referred to at the time as Havana Syndrome. And this was uh, something that diplomats and U.S. officials that were stationed in Cuba experienced. And if you want to go back and listen, uh, Chandler, actually, let's play a brief clip. Here's what we know. Diplomatic personnel from the United States and Canada who were stationed in Havana started experiencing a strange series of medical issues. Some experienced sudden hearing loss. Others became nauseous and physically ill. Others developed serious headaches, lost memories, and experienced the kind of mental stupor one might suffer after a brain injury. In a statement to reporters following medical evaluations of the victims, the State Department's medical director said this, the patterns of injuries were most likely related to trauma from a non-natural source. The cause of the injuries is still a mystery, and there's a ton of debate about what that cause could possibly be. Everything from some sort of exposure to a gas to suggestions that they were actually a case of mass hysteria. But some in the intelligence community believe that they were caused by some sort of strange weapon. And there's a reason why it's been so difficult to figure out all these years later. The circumstances surrounding the injuries are just baffling. The victims all reported hearing a strange sound that had no point of origin. They described an odd mechanical sound that would just sort of appear and surround them. Some would experience it in their homes, others were in their hotel rooms, or somewhere in their office. But one of the victims was actually able to capture the odd sound and provided recordings to the Associated Press. Here's a clip from their report. So so that it was a really interesting story, and I, and I feel like it kind of set the, no pun intended, set the tone for us to talk about <laughs> <laughs> weaponizing ELF waves and electromagnetism. But th- I want to give an update about this, um, because this week, actually, Chandler, the day we're recording this, Politico released the story. Uh, the And here's the headline. I'm going to read the headline, and then I'm going to read two paragraphs from that story. Here's the headline. U.S. troops increasingly vulnerable to direct energy attacks 
Pentagon tells lawmakers. So this is from a Politico story that ran the day we're recording this. This is weeks after we closed out Hiding Something Season 2. Officials told lawmakers that the phenomenon was suspected direct energy attacks on U.S. personnel, which calls a mysterious illness similar to the quote-unquote Havana syndrome reported by American spies and diplomats starting in late 2016, is growing across the world, according to three people who attended Wednesday's briefing. The briefers also told lawmakers that the origin of the technology required in such attack is, quote, more likely than not Russia, end quote. One of the people said, one person familiar with the briefing said that the briefers also pointed to China as a possible culprit and didn't know for sure who was behind the attacks. Again, that is from a political Politico article this week. Now, Chandler, what's interesting about this, not just that it is talking about um these, quote, directed energy attacks, which is attacking people, particularly the Havana syndrome affects them psychologically and neurologically Mm -hmm. uh, with some sort of invisible energy force. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the Pentagon, according to the the sources at Politico, believe it's more than likely not Russia, who really Russia was, you know, it was their work in this field that kind of kicked off the whole story. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they were connected around that time, right? Russia and Cuba. Yeah, exactly. So um, really interesting story. And I think this is something that we're going to start hearing, you know, kind of a lot more about pretty soon. Yeah, man, that's that's wild. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I, I also, you know, it's going to I kind of peek under the hood a little, a little housekeeping. It's going to be a little bit, as Chandler and I were talking offline, uh, not only is there a lot to prep for season three, which we're going to talk about soon, uh, but there we've also got some other projects we're cooking on. But so we'll have a little time between now and when season three is released. But if there are updates to some of these stories, I'd like to kind of jump back in and just do kind of casual shows like this just to kind of unpack and and keep listeners uh, updated. Yeah. Speaking of updates, Chandler, there's a show that uh, recently debuted uh, like two days ago, ironically, about a week after we wrapped season two of Hiding Something. Mm, sounds like they're listening. Com- <laughs> I, I, well, well, well. Let's make this into a TV show. Let's, let's get to the facts. Let's get to the truth behind the conspiracy, Chandler. Uh, Chandler, a new show on Hulu uh, that we both uh, were, we, were excited. We excitedly shared the trailer for uh, tell listeners what you know about a show that just came out that I think if you listen to Hiding Something, it seems like you would like. I haven't got a chance to, to watch the series yet. Yeah, um, I, I, pl- I plan on doing it this weekend. Um, Chandler, what was your first impression of the review of Hulu's show, Sasquatch? It's it's a similar thing of like, the, you know, conspiracy that, you know, the Sasquatch like killed some people. Then there's some twists and it turns out it could be some, you know, some more explainable uh so wait causes. so wait a minute chandler so wait a minute hulu's releasing a true crime docu-series <laughs> that uses uh the existence of bigfoot as an entry point into a discussion about other issues yeah, yeah. i'm in yeah. i'm in yeah absolutely same i'm gonna, <laughs> now, I'm gonna I, watch the entire thing right after we get offline yeah no it, in all seriousness it looks awesome and, yeah, and obviously really with the way the way tv productions work there was no they did not steal the of, idea of course from, not no, from no. hiding something but uh <laughs> it, but it certainly you know a lot of people have been a lot of people have been sending they're like hey man you That's gotta check funny. out this show on hulu called yeah. sasquatch which you know to their credit it, it's uh produced by the duplass brothers who are two of my favorite filmmakers um yeah, so i'm I very mean, excited it, to it check it out it looks great as far as like you know yeah, cinematography. Video, cinematography. There yeah. you go. Looks it looks and great. Dr. It sounds great. Like 
Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum, who was featured uh, on a couple different episodes of season one of Hiding Something. Right. Right. He's right. a he's a professor in, in at a at a university in Iowa, and you know claims to be in possession of a cast of an actual Bigfoot. Uh, imprint uh, is featured on the show Sasquatch on Hulu as well as uh, Hiding Something season one. So if 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 you've only listened to season two of Hiding Something, uh, you can go back and listen to season one. It's very different uh, topically, tonally, it's about the same. Uh, but also check out Sasquatch on, on on Hulu. It looks like a great show, and uh, yeah, excited yeah. they're doing it. Um, so so Chandler, uh, the, you know, at the end of this season of Hiding Something, I told a story about being at a dinner. Yeah. And seeing a mentalist perform some pretty amazing tricks, including spoon bending. Yeah. And he appeared to be able to to uh, somehow make someone across the table with their eyes closed feel a piece of cloth go across their face yeah. as they did that to my face. Yeah. We actually worked on a podcast mm -hmm. uh, together, an episode of a podcast where that mentalist, that same the guy, same guy. What was a guest and was doing spoon bending and mentalism tricks. Um, how, you know, how baffling was it to you? Or did, like when you saw those, did, did it, did it seem like a parlor trick or did it seem like he, this is some he, sort of he was, weird type of, I ability? mean, he was really good at it. So, but at the same time, I'm like, I know, I know that it's a, he's doing something that we can't, we can't see. We don't know. I actually have yeah. a friend who's like a, he's really into magic. Yeah. Prior to that episode, you talked about this experience before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah about yeah. your like like dinner encounter with with this mentalist or whatever. Mentalist or magician? I, he's a mentalist. Okay. I think, but 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 I think I mean to the lay person, I think they but all like is all kind of seen as like whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. It came up because I, I I at the time like played a lot of pool, and my friend plays pool, who's a ma magician, and it came up, and he's like, "Oh, I know how to do like you know the spoon bending and a lot of the stuff that I like." I mentioned some of the tricks, and he's like, "Yeah, I know how to do that." But obviously, wouldn't tell me how to do it. But um, I've seen him do that since. I've seen him do the spoon bending thing, which is it's oh it's really pretty wild. I guess I'm just I'm just saying like th there's an explanation. It's 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 great to you know get into the yeah. I think there's a and that's why I felt like you know because I'm just gonna give people a peek behind the the curtain. Yeah. Initially when the, initially when I first started thinking about this season and actually started writing it. It was really going to be the the I wanted it to kind of be more on the MK Ultra side mm. and explore our contemporary relationship with drugs and psychedelics right. and uh, how they affect brain chemistry and kind of the future potential that uh, those drugs offer, but also potential dangers. But just kind of an interesting look at their history and right. why intelligence agencies were so interested in them. But I just felt like when I started learning about Uri Geller, when I started learning about some of these like psych, you know, so-called psychic spies and uh, some of this technology and conspiracy theories around like harp and you know this this weather control stuff. It just seemed like a more interesting direction to take it. But one thing I was surprised to find is how open the CIA is about uh, working with magicians and yeah. making magicians operative. You know that 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 whole presentation that I didn't discover that till pretty late into kind of the development process of the season. But, he, you know, this whole discussion where they had David Copperfield come on and talk with their spy master about the history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Well, hey, real talk. David Copperfield, seen him live in Vegas. Yeah. One of the worst magic shows. Yeah. Ever. It was <laughs> I remember, super I terrible. I remember you talking about it. <laughs> uh, it has been. Okay. 
Yeah, <laughs> he was just going through the motions, man. Yeah. He's more if he he I, maybe he's a spy. Maybe he's wor- worn out from doing <laughs> spy work all day. Yeah. <laughs> Still gonna pay rent though, so he's he's yeah. out there in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Chandler, before we talk about what's in store for season three, mm-hmm. um, I I want to read a piece of feedback that I got from uh, someone on Reddit. Um, I just found it uh, really interesting. Um, This is someone who discovered our show pretty late and kind of did a binge, which, hey, uh, real quick, anyone who listens to the show, whether or not you binge or just give it one episode, dude, I'm so glad. It's really meaningful that people uh, are able to to listen. Um, She tells a story, and I won't read the whole thing, but uh, she is someone who's never really had an interest in the topics of sort of conspiracies or the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, she's, she kind of expressed some gratitude for the, for our show because it kind of gave her some context for thinking about it. Um, but she had an experience and I'll read a little bit. She said about a year and a half ago, she was driving home from work around 8 PM on a Sunday evening and saw low, tiny flying lights coming towards her as she drove out of a nearby small town. The lights were definitely not as large as the lights you typically see on planes and helicopters. And I wonder if I would have seen them if they were flying at a normal altitude. There was one aircraft that flew directly over me and a second one right behind and slightly to the left. I remember ducking in my car because of how ridiculously low they were flying and thinking that they'd be landing on the road directly behind me. I also remember looking up as if they flew over me and seeing a huge black triangular outline against the night sky. Now she goes on uh, more about that story. uh, But here's what here's, here's the part I kind of wanted to unpack. She said, the whole experience has really changed the way I think about things that I previously dismissed as unbelievable. It's also changed the way I think about other people who believe strange things might be possible. I had multiple friends and family members tease or dismiss me uh, because of my newfound thoughts on UFOs and conspiracy theories. Hmm. I understand where they're coming from, but talking about it and learning about it is how I'm working through it. Hmm. Connecting through some of the books and this uh, and this podcast and others that I've recommended uh, has been awesome. I don't have many people in my world to talk to about this thing comfortably. My background is uh, that of a sheltered Christian homeschooler. I grew up afraid of everything. I still don't. Uh, watch scary movies, so I got so I've got a lot to work through. Man, that piece of feedback really meant a lot to me because that's kind of why we wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, I don't think Chandler, you or I are people who, in our day to day life, people really think of as people who think too much about or talk too much about conspiracies and yeah, yeah, the yeah. paranormal and Bigfoot and aliens. But you know, I'm on Reddit. I, I see. <laughs> I read some posts. Yeah. You know, just I'm curious about like what like what other people think. I guess. But yeah, yeah. Not, not not something I, I think about very much. Yeah, it, well, and and that's why I appreciate this this listener's feedback yeah. because uh, it sounds like a very intense experience she I had. Wish, but honestly, I would love to have that or like experience something that wild because I guess like yeah. I'm I'm a skeptic because I've never seen anything that makes me like wonder or you know what I mean like yeah. I, like I've never I've never had anything that is even close to like an unexplained you know experience. And 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 I and I would that would be sick to be honest. Yeah, it, it, and that's what you know I think was interesting because I haven't either. Yeah. You know, but I I certainly um, you know I think I think a lot of things are are possible even though sure. a lot of things aren't plausible uh, you know necessarily plausible. I think as we get closer to 
the government's disclosure, which is coming in this summer. Uh, they're legally obligated to disclose some previously classified intelligence about, uh, you know, what what the public refers to as UFOs. Oh, I think it's gonna. I know that. Yeah, so that's coming in July. Nice. Is is a large government disclosure. Um, and you know what's interesting, particularly about the UFO thing, I think that's a lot of people's entry point. I don't think there's a lot of people, unless you kind of did a deep dive into the world of David Pilates and Missing Four One One, or if you're someone who's just interested in a topic like MK Ultra or Project Stargate. Sure. You know, most people's entry point into this is you know, somebody they know had a weird experience with like aliens or they saw a movie and got interested. Sure. Um, but what, what's interesting about this piece of feedback, I want to read one line. After reading Annie Jacobson's uh, Area 51 book, she's the one who wrote the incredible book Phenomenon that I referenced at, you know, different points throughout the season. Mm-hmm. But Annie Jacobson is a Princeton-educated, award-winning journalist who, in addition to writing Phenomenon, has written books about the Navy SEALs, has written uh, books about CIA black sites, and has written one about Area 51. Uh, but this user said, uh, after reading her book on Area 51, I believe what I saw uh, was something related to government technology and not something from outer space. But I still don't really know what it was, and I know I likely never will. That is true. Speaking of Annie Jacobson and her book, Area 51, this is one one thing I wanted to address just because I don't know if we'll, this will ever come up on an episode of, of Hiding Something because it's kind of outside what we're going to be topically covering next year mm-hmm. or next season. Um but do you know what Annie Jacobson in her book, Area 51, which is thoroughly sourced and talked to a ton of people in the intelligence community, have you ever heard what she believes is behind Area 51? No. So this is really interesting and very disturbing. Okay. And then I'll, I'll kind of lay this out and then we'll talk about season three of Hiding Something. But right. I don't know when else we can talk about this, people. But since yeah. someone directly referenced this in a Reddit, in in kind of the Hiding Something yeah, let's go. subreddit, I did. So Annie Jacobson in in her book, Area 51. Now, look, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not, I don't have the book in front of me. So I've read it a long time ago. But uh, I, I still familiar, pretty f- familiar with the source material. But if you want to read it for yourself, buy her book. Look, anyone whose book I recommend in the pod, definitely check them out. Support authors who are doing interesting research and interesting work. But uh, in Area 51, at the end of the book, basically, she kind of lays out, uh, a lot of it is the book is about the history of military aviation Mm -hmm. and secrecy and and technology. Uh, As we kind of tipped our hand this season, you know, government technology is far more advanced than consumer technology, and we don't even know kind of the extent of some developments. But mm-hmm. in Area 51, um, I'm not going to go into full hiding something narration mode here, but it's a super <laughs> interesting story. So Area 51, uh, you know, kind of the lore around it started uh, around a crash in the desert nearby where, you know, sort of the modern mythology is that a crash of some sort of alien craft was recovered, some sort of flying disc mm-hmm. and also the bodies of a couple of aliens mm-hmm. and that, you know, that those craft and those bodies are stored at a facility in that military uh, base where officials are trying to study and reverse engineer it. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's sort of the common mythology. What Annie Jacobson says that a source who was on the ground when all of this transpired in the 1950s, she said that she talked to this source who uh, was speaking on the condition of anonymity 
Um, now again, that that sometimes that's a red flag, but in the intelligence community, that's yeah. sort of like a common thing for yeah. like a whistleblower to type to do. And I do respect Annie Jacobson, and she seems to absolutely believe this individual. Okay. Now again, I, there's no way to confirm this theory. Yeah. What she says that this source told her, and this is in her book, Area 51, and what she says that the source told her was that at some point, U.S. intelligence officials had been looking for two brothers who were working as aerospace engineers in the Third Reich. And the reason that U.S. intelligence was so interested in their work is because they were rumored to have created and be in possession of a really highly advanced flying saucer type of aircraft. Um, and so uh, as U.S. intelligence officials are looking for them, they obviously were never able to find these two aerospace engineer brothers. But it's believed that these two brothers actually contacted the Russians and started working for Stalin at the time. Uh, they were commissioned by Stalin to uh, uh, figure out a way to cause, uh, uh, you know, to, to utilize this technology. And Stalin knew at that point that Harry S. Truman was already developing nuclear weapons and that he was outmatched. Mm. He knew that with conventional weaponry, there was no way to fight the United States at the time. So he wanted to do what was essentially a black propaganda campaign. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the episodes later in the season, we got to talk about the idea of black propaganda, mm -hmm. uh, where you can kind of trick people into uh, uh, thinking something that is, is untrue is true. Mm -hmm. And so what he decided, this was not long after, um, and when I say not long, I mean kind of in the pop culture history yeah. of the War of the Worlds fiasco. Do you remember what happened with that? Um, H.G. Wells mm -hmm. uh, did a radio broadcast of Orson Welles' uh, novella, right. The War of the Worlds. Right. Now, he read it as if it was an actual newscast. Uh -huh. Ladies and gentlemen, my on? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of a stone wall that adjoins Mr. Wilmer's garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see. The more state police have arrived. They're drawing up a cordon in front of the pit. I'll 30 of them. No need to push the crowd back now. They're willing to keep their distance. The captain's conferring with someone. Can't quite see who. Oh, yes, I believe it's Professor Pearson. Yes, it is. Now, now they've parted, and the professor moves around one side, studying the object while the captain and two policemen advance with something in their hands. I can see it now. It's a white handkerchief tied to a pole. Flag of truce. If those creatures know what that means, what anything means... Wait a minute, something's happening. Humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from that mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes them head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. Now the whole field's caught up by the woods, the barns, the, the gas tanks, tanks of the automobiles spreading everywhere. Coming this way now, about 20 yards to my right. Um, it was sort of a, a, a early work of satire and fake news all rolled into one for entertainment purposes. Right. And it nearly caused mass hysteria. People thought they were listening to an actual news broadcast when they were actually reading a fictionalized news broadcast of what it would be like if an alien had invaded. Right. So in Area 51, uh, this source said that with now that Stalin had this flying saucer technology from these two German aviation engineers, he 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 thought the best thing that he could do is he knew he couldn't beat America with conventional weaponry, so he would cause mass hysteria in the United States and a huge public panic, 
And that would divert all of the attention of the government and the military officials because it would cause so much civil unrest yeah. that the Soviet Union could do their things and, and get, keep the United States out of their hair by causing mass hysteria in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's where here's the, the incredibly disturbing part. Um, Andy Jacobson claims that the two that the passengers in this craft uh, that you know people who are witnesses said look like kind of our stereotypical idea of aliens were actually children that were being experimented on by Nazi Germans. Oh no! Uh, uh, that they were you know um, you know I don't want to get into too many different details, but like you know kind of subjected to really horrific experiments is experiments that changed their appearance pretty dramatically. And they were in the craft that crashed. And again, that this was all a plot by uh, this really evil devious plot by Stalin to create mass hysteria. And she claims that all of the technology that is at area 51 and any, any of these UFO encounters are terrestrial technology that is just not, uh, uh, you know, uh, the public isn't aware of. So, Anyway, the reason I wanted to read that feedback yeah. is I felt like that was a really interesting anecdote, a really dark one. Honestly, but- that makes that I mean, yes, super dark, but that makes a lot of sense to me. That is a better explanation than aliens. I I think that aliens exist somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, the the odds are that they're out there somewhere, but like that they'd like come to Earth on a on a spaceship that only a couple people saw yeah. and like. I, I I don't yeah. know, man. Like that that makes a lot of sense. They're like the 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 insidious. Uh, reasons behind it make it make more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's it's almost like what is kind of in the trailer of Sasquatch. It's like, look, it, that that Hulu series. It's like, yeah. there are monsters out there, but those monsters yeah. probably look like us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, it's not it, it, look Bigfoot's. I guess possible aliens possible, but sure. the real monsters are the are the ones that share our DNA and are just yeah. capable of horrible things. Um, sure. So anyway, all right, Chandler. Let's. Um, are you ready? It, have I? I've told you. We, yeah, we've. We, yeah, we've talked about season three. We've talked right? about it a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so I've already started putting some of my notes together. Uh, started scripting stuff. Started trying to get some interviews lined up again. I don't have a time. I don't have a timeline uh, for for the first re- episode, but the third season of Hiding Something will mm-hmm. deal with um it'll it'll have kind of a, a just like the first two it's going to go in a lot of directions and really kind of take a a fair-minded but skeptical look at some of my favorite mysteries and conspiracies uh that include the Oak Island money pit a story I've been fascinated about for a really long time do you know about that story Chandler I don't think so fast forward about 100 uh you know about a, a hundred years People are still trying to figure out what's under this island. We don't know what it is. There are there are booby traps down there. There what? are uh, these tunnel. There are a series of tunnels. Um, there are no one is sure what is down there, and uh, people have been trying to uncover it for a long time. But for strange, mysterious reasons that we will discuss next season mm-hmm. of Hiding Something, have been unable to literally get to the bottom of it. Um, so we're going to talk about Oak Island Money Pit. We'll also be talking about the mystery of the Denver Airport. I don't know. Have you? Are you familiar with this one, Chandler? I don't think so, no. So the Denver Airport is uh, the subject of a, a lot of internet conspiracies. Um, basically, uh, without I, getting... I, too- all right. 
and I've now that you're mentioning it, I've heard of this being a thing, and when you, I've probably heard it and just forgotten. So please, sorry, yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't want to give too much away, yeah. but uh, I'm sure people can go do do some research. But uh, the Denver airport, when it was uh, first constructed, was way over budget and way over time, uh, mm-hmm. like suspiciously so. And mm-hmm. then when it was finally unveiled, there was a lot of strange symbols and artwork that could be found throughout. Um, there is some odd inscriptions, uh, there's some mysterious happenings that have all led to some, some kind of greater conspiracy theories. I'm also going to talk about, uh, some controversial, more contemporary conspiracy theories, um, in, in the season that are related to the topic, including, uh, uh, you know, another kind of insidious one that's made its way around that is actually re-manifested itself in the form of kind of the roots of like the QAnon conspiracies, and that's adrenochroming, mm. um, which is a concept that uh, adrenochroming is, uh, you know, a conspiracy that involves uh, essentially drinking this chemical approved, uh, uh, created in the adrenaline gland from like young children, like vampire type of stuff. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible, it's a weird conspiracy. It's like I said, it's sort of at the center of like all the, the QAnon craziness. Um, but it's actually has some of its origins with, uh, Aldous Huxley who made an appearance in season two of, Mm -hmm. of hiding something early on. He's the, he's a famous writer, uh, who spent time at the round table foundation, uh, during the early days of the CIA, trying to get to the bottom of psychic abilities and telekinesis and the right. use of magic drug, uh, mushrooms. Um, so uh, what do all those things have in common, along with a lot of other stories we're going to unpack? Season three of Hiding Something will be about the Illuminati and hey. the New World Order. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we're going to separate fact from conspiracy theory. It's going to be, like I said, a skeptical, fair-minded look at uh, what links a lot of theories and, and ideas about the Bilderberg group, um, about uh, Bohemian Grove, this sort of secret meeting place out in the woods where a lot of world leaders go. Uh, it's it, There is a lot of material to unpack here and a lot of interesting ideas at the center of it all that hopefully we can get some interesting insights and perspective on as we look at some of these theories and, and try to take a factual look at... at at how they evolved and what's really going on and who might be hiding something. <laughs> Dude, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. This is not a subject I know very much about, but uh, but it's it's interesting, like the all-seeing eye yeah. that people talk about. And it's like yeah. it's on money and like I've definitely gone briefly down rabbit holes on YouTube where people will point out like this celebrity did like the the all seeing eye like there apparently there's like a hand signal or something like yeah. that you yeah yeah and it's like I, I don't know dude like I, this is this this will be very very interesting I'm looking yeah to so it. I uh, uh, it's there I think people will be surprised at how deep the tentacles of this conspiracy theory has made it into uh, just kind of culture and internet culture and has informed you know. The scary thing is, you know, how it's informed a lot of people in power right now yeah. that, uh, you know, will believe stuff that maybe some of it's true, maybe some of it's not, but we're going to get to all that next season. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be another weird ride uh, down some very very deep rabbit holes, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for people to listen. And look, yeah. for everyone who's listened this season or last season, or even if you're just listening now and you're like, "What are these guys talking about?" Uh, go back and listen, <laughs> and this will maybe make more sense. But uh, but seriously, thanks to everyone who checked it out. And and if you do feel so compelled to leave us a rating review, really appreciate it. There's a, a hiding something subreddit that uh, some listeners set up that Chandler and I uh, try to jump into when we can. Yeah. Um, but you know, seriously, man, it's fun. It's really fun to hear from people and to know people check it out and listen. Yeah, totally. Well, Chandler, hey, tell people where they can find you on social. At Chandler Strang on Twitter and Instagram. Word, man. Yeah. Well, Chandler, dude, thanks for all the hard work this season. I know. Absolutely, man. It's 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 a blast. Honestly, it's, it's so cool to work on. I said this at the end of the last episode. If people knew how many ta- how long, like how how long <laughs> do you think the average piece of raw tape you get before an episode is? Oh, I, I, I don't know, but definitely like every sentence is done probably five to 10 times. <laughs> you would think I would get better at reading this. Stuff. There, there'll be times where you'll do like, you'll do like sentence, 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 and then you'll restart the whole paragraph and do it better that, that time. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well then the, all the edits that I just did putting those sentences together, <laughs> like, Delete that, and then you know. All right, season three, we'll try to find a better method of me doing voiceover. I, I no, keep thinking, fine, I keep fine, thinking, the fine. more we do, the better I'll get. But I just am terrible. Look, honestly, at it. I would be worse at it than than you are. So you know, I I can't judge. No, <laughs> yeah. I do. I've done them before. I've trashed whole audio files. Be like, I'm not even gonna send that one. I'm just gonna take a beat and try to sing again. Yeah, there are sometimes <laughs> where you get a, you get like frustrated, and it's pretty funny because you're. Just like, you know, like the, and, but then like right, right into it. Like you'll, you'll go from being like super frustrated and then like back to the voice, you know, the That's worst great. is like when there's a name that, cause I dude, the, yeah, the other thing, yeah, people reading, are very yeah. gracious when I mispronounce, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm horrible yeah, yeah, yeah. with, you know, pronunciations. And <laughs> yeah. I had to say something in French in the last time. My neighbors are from France and my yeah. wife was like, you should just call them over and ask how to, instead yeah. of saying, I can't remember a uh, do Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. well Chandler, thanks man. I know it's, yeah, yeah. I know this is, a, a podcast that takes a freaking ton of your time uh but it's, it's, but it's a lot really of fun, fun to make man. dude honestly I'm glad to be a part of it well uh hey everyone thanks for checking out the uh postseason uh you know uh recap again a uh, little bit different uh the 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 normal quality of show will be returning soon but every <laughs> once in a while it's fun to get behind the scenes chopping yeah. up a little so chandler i appreciate it, man yeah man all right everyone well uh we may do another break between seasons and a break in. And if there's a story that I feel like we need to address kind of casually like this. You mentioned at some point having like listener stories. Yes. Okay. Dude, I'm really glad you reminded me of that because I have a bunch of stories that people have sent me like this one that I read today of this, yeah. of this uh, young woman who had a mysterious encounter on a highway. Um, hey, at Jesse Carey on Twitter, uh, send me if you have stories and that you don't want to put up publicly in the in the in the subreddit. The subreddit is just called Hiding Something. You can go put them there, or you can DM me directly. I'm sitting on a couple. Uh, so, Chan, let's do that, man, because yeah. it's going to be a while before season three is ready to debut. So yeah, let's, let's plan on. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay, the, I'm going to assemble something. Let, all right, let's go ahead and put a deadline two weeks from now. Uh, tune back into the feed and we'll have some listener stories. So send them now if you want them to be featured on the show. Yeah, sounds good. All right, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening.
Hiding Something is a production of the Ironclad Content Network. All episodes are written by me, Jesse Carey. Our editor and post-production producer is Chandler Strang. And hey, listen, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating and review an Apple podcast. It really does help more people discover the show. All right, thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.